If you focus on protection, you will make profits. You'll make lots of profits. If you focus mm -hmm. on mission, you will make the money. Mm -hmm. But if it's all about how much can I squeeze out of this person today to hit a quota, or can I get a, can I get my attendance high enough because I misled them about what they're going to come learn in my, in my marketing material, you know, that kind of stuff is, is it's part of my motivation, but it's also part of the battle of, of things I fight against. Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? I'm not going to do justice here. So you tell me who you are and what do you do? I am uh, Ryan Clotier. I am the president of Security Studio. Uh, what I do is help organizations simplify information security risk, and I help human beings to build a personal connection to their own digital life. Uh, I've been doing this for a very long time, built my first PC at eight, wrote my first software program at nine, compromised my first system at nine and a half, and then avoided working in IT for the better part of 20 years. Did every <laughs> job you could imagine, truck driver, maintenance man, and roofer, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then one day my lovely wife said, hey, you need a real job. And so I uh, took my computer talents and I embarked on this crazy journey of IT. And I've, uh, I've been a developer, a business intelligence guy, a systems engineer, et cetera, et cetera. And now I find myself the company uh, president of Security Studio. We do uh, risk management software, uh, and the whole goal of, of what we're about and, and why I exist uh, is to help organizations simplify so that they can actually focus on solving the problems instead of spending the whole budget on finding them. This is a really hard job to do, and most of the people you're talking to are stressed the fuck out. They're stressed the fuck out, either because they care, and so that, that adds to the stress, right? If you really care about protecting people, this is a stressful job. Or they're stressed out because they're under the boot heel of leadership who doesn't fully understand but knows that the insurance rates just went up by 200% because you're not doing your job. And they're like, you're not approving my budget. And the circle continues. So yeah. just the more, I think the more you guys recognize that um, and play off of that, people are stressed. So what are you doing to alleviate stress, not add to it? Because one more exactly. media right calendar isn't isn't helping to alleviate stress. So what can what can you do? Uh, and the gimmicks, spend that money somewhere else. I'd rather see companies take their their iPod or AirPod budget for booking a call and create a scholarship. Mm. That'll actually go further for you. I'm so passionate about helping you all do your job better and just a little bit better. Not you know save the the goddamn world, but you know. My frustration is that marketing teams and marketers are just, we're talking amongst them ourselves, trying to understand how to get to you guys versus just talking to you guys directly. And there's the stigma where, you know, 
many, many marketers are just so afraid to unmute the mic and just, just have a conversation because, oh, you guys aren't accessible or you're sarcastic and pessimistic and hate us and we're vermin. And, and so, you know, not everybody feels like that. And I think, you know, given what I've seen in the industry on LinkedIn, it's fascinating and rewarding and, and empowering to see that just like you want to help um, protect the world, you also want to help those who are trying to sell solutions do a better job so that you could do your job better. And so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and as, a, as a, and I hate to say this word, vendor, I have to strike a very unique balance. Um, mm -hmm. I preach from the rooftops, mission before money and protection over profits. But at no point did I say instead of or in place of this idea that what, what, what marketers could stand to learn is that they are a lot of times making claims that are outright lies, that it's not, it's not truthful. There are uh, discrepancies uh, in the industry. For example, there is no other industry that is allowed to give a 100% guarantee of something without first being able to scientifically prove that that's true. There's actually a law in the books uh, regarding advertising and, and truth in advertising. And that law seems not to apply to our industry. So part of the problem that, that marketers run into when they're trying to engage someone like myself is that they're, they're coming at it from the wrong angle. I know that that, that sales slick that says 100% stops ransomware can't possibly be true. It's, it's literally impossible. So now you've already entered the conversation on the wrong foot, right? Marketers that reach out and say, how can I learn from you? What can I learn from you? Okay. Those folks get time. Those folks get attention. I want to learn how to do this better. We'll go much further than, Hey, let me force my way into your inbox with a very poorly crafted email that you can clearly tell was sent to a million other people. Uh, or, you know, trying to calendar hijack. That's a fun one, right? Oh, well, I see that you have a publicly available scheduling link. So I just threw time on your calendar without context, without understanding your actual problem. And that's where I think marketing, uh, in our industry can, can evolve and improve is take time to build the relationship, take time to understand the motivations of that individual. And I know this sounds hard to do at scale, but it's not. Most humans will fit into some generalized category, right? There are people that are driven by uh, promotions and, and growing the team and, and self-interest and, and dollars. There's a whole other group of us that are driven by something greater. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get into our group, it has to be about how you're going to help, how you're going to serve. You know, if a marketing firm came to me tomorrow and said, Ryan, I would love to fund some K-12 webinar initiatives. Would you be willing to partner with us? And we understand that the majority of the content has to be education and has to be health. And yes, we get our 15 minutes at the end to talk about how our product can make what they just learned how to do without our product easier to do or faster or cheaper. I'm all for it. But what, what it is, is sign up for my webinar and for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to tell you that I have an answer, but I'm never going to reveal it. I'm just going to explain to you that there's this problem. There's this problem. Well, guess what? Those of us in the seats that do this job every day, we know the problems. We don't need to be retold what those problems are. 
What we need to understand is how do you help? And if the answer is sign up for my demo and I'll show you how, you've missed the mark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So like you talked, you talked about what's, what's driving you specifically and you, you gave a specific scenario, but beyond that, what, what kind of gets you up in the morning to, to go do what you do and, and then why, why do you do what you do today? It's a great question. Uh, what gets me out of bed every day is knowing the work I do makes an actual difference that I am helping people that I am helping individuals, businesses, families, governments, and schools to protect themselves from being the victims of crime. You know, it's, uh, you know, almost keystone cop, if you will, right? It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not law enforcement, uh, but I play a very important role in helping people to learn about this, to protect themselves from this, to know what their risk is. All too often, we're trying to sell solutions to a problem we don't understand. Good example, mm -hmm. you know, of, of, of why I, I do this. I see vendors today going into businesses and selling them solutions that are good solutions, but they're two to four years ahead of when that business can actually get value from that solution. Yay. And they're doing nothing to help. Or worse yet, and I think I had posted somewhere on LinkedIn about this, uh, I have a client that was sold a product before they were my client. And I came in and I said, wow, you have this, this really expensive, really fancy product. How many engineers qualified in operating that product do you have on staff? They said, what do you mean? I said, oh no, this product requires dedicated full-time staff to run correctly. Well, the vendor never told us that. Mm -hmm. Then we go back to the vendor and the vendor says, oh, no, no, you don't have to hire anybody. What you need to do is upgrade to our enterprise cloud solution, right? So knowing that that's happening in the world, knowing that the better part of 60% of businesses today are completely unserved when it comes to InfoSec because you can't make $10 million on that single sale, helping those people keeps me motivated. Knowing that I'm, I'm making contributions to a better world keeps me motivated. Uh, you know, as you can see, I have a lot of gray hair. I get more every day. At some point, myself, Chris, and others are going to step down from the chairs we're in. And we need to make sure that we have done our best to impart the knowledge, the passion, and the understanding that this game isn't actually about computers. This game isn't actually about information or security. It is a people thing. We are protecting people. And as we move closer to that digital physical barrier turning into a single thing where life and death is now controlled by a keyboard, it's never been more important than it is now. So that's what fires me up. That's what keeps me passionate and energetic to, you know, work the hours I do to do all the, the, the mentoring and the podcast and just all these things that I do to help spread this message of protection first. And I promise if you focus on protection, you will make profits. You'll make lots of profits. If you focus mm -hmm. on permission, you will make the money. Mm -hmm. But if it's all about how much can I squeeze out of this person today to hit a quota or can I get a, can I get my attendance high enough because I misled them about what they're going to come learn in my, in my marketing material, you know, that kind of stuff is, is it's part of my motivation, but it's also part of the battle of, of things I fight against. Yeah. Yeah. So take me through on the flip side what what kind what you despise about this industry what what's the challenge the that one challenge that you're dealing with right now so two parts to that so there's mm -hmm. what i despise about the industry and then there's the big challenge and they're not the same thing yeah 
But what I despise about the industry is the mafioso type of behavior, the very mm -hmm. criminal-like behavior that I see demonstrated by the industry. Uh, these people are scared. A lot of times when we meet them, it's at, a, at one of their worst moments. Their business is, is in the middle of, of being taken down by cyber criminals. They don't know if they can feed their colleagues that next morning, right? They don't know if they're going to stay in business. And instead of coming in and providing help, we come in and shove a bunch of, of tooling in their face and a bunch of, of high buck consulting that doesn't actually move the needle, right? So it's the victimization of the clients and the customers that I hate about our industry. Now, what is my biggest challenge? I actually am very excited about this. I love to talk about this. I believe the biggest challenge in our industry today is that we do not speak human being. Mm. Because we do not speak human being, we talk tech. We are missing opportunities every minute, every hour, and every day to connect in meaningful ways with the people we've been charged with protecting. And by connecting with them in a meaningful way, we actually create an active defender. And the best security control that anybody can have are employees who are active participants in the defense of the organization. But the only way that I have found to achieve that is through personal understanding of what drives that human and then speaking human to them. I'll give you a quick analogy. Uh, recently I found a new way to describe what happens when you click a phishing link, had a friend terrible at it, failed the phishing test like 30 times in a row. I'm like, seriously, what's your problem? Right? So I said, tell me what you think happens when you cl click that link. They said, I get malware and the malware goes to the server. I said, okay, that's a pretty good description. But what does that mean? They said, I have no idea. And I said to them, well, what if I told you that when you click the link, you've held open the door and invited the bad guy to come sit down in the living room unattended with all your stuff. Oh my gosh, why has no one ever said that before? You mean my actions affect the company that way? Yes. Oh my God, I get it now. I don't want to do that. This person has been getting phishing and uh, security awareness training for over 20 years. But it wasn't until human was spoken to them in a way that yeah. made sense to them, right? Exactly. So that's my exactly. biggest challenge. That's what I fight every day is how do I simplify this? How do I humanize this? so that we can start having conversations. It's not that people don't want to protect themselves. They just don't understand the why it's important because every time we've explained it, we opened up with tech talk. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's my issue as someone who's deep in digital and, and running websites and creating, you know, these digital experiences, uh, pages, offers, ads. You know, I'm all about writing like you talk. Right. And listening to to the audience and, and listening to what kind of language and what kind of tone specific people and, and very, very niche segments are are speaking or or articulating. And so um, I feel like it's a challenge for us marketers where companies or, or the C-level or your bosses are 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 trying to sound as smart as possible when you just got to kind of like not even not even dumb it down, just make it super, super simple and, and at the least amount of friction as possible for the buyer. It's not about yeah. sounding smart. It's just about sounding clear, concise. And the, I think the marketers are going to do that are going to win. It, it absolutely be relatable, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, another quick little story for you. This is good for marketing people. So listen up, had a, had an individual. I tried every trick in the book. They're going to steal your bank account. Don't care. They're going to destroy the family photos. Don't care. 
They're going to do all these things, right? If you don't get good at this, if you don't do multi-factor, what I was trying to do is convince them why multi-factor was needed. I went through every excuse and none of them worked. I then noticed on his screen that he had a fantasy football spreadsheet. And I said simply, well, if you don't have multi-factor, somebody could change your fantasy football. Oh my goodness. You'd have thought I said something bad about his mama leaned in and said, how many factors can I have? Still didn't understand what I was talking about, but bought it. Mm-hmm. So it's about finding that relatable, right? What drives that business leader? Yes, money's a thing. Money's always a thing. No one's in business to go broke. But what really drives that business leader? If you really want to get that business leader to pay attention to you, take a little time to figure out what they care about outside of their business. Find a way to tie your product or service back to something in their life. And you will find yourself getting a lot more responses to your emails, a lot more phone calls being taken, a lot more meetings being booked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could list at least three that I've seen in the past week geared toward me that just blew my mind. I just couldn't believe huge, you know, enterprise security companies were targeting me as a non-buyer with such shady tricks. But um, let's kind of shift into... um, you know, how you go about researching specific solutions, because that interests me. Uh, I'd love to know, as a buyer, how do you go about doing that? And and how do you separate the wheat from the chaff in this such such a saturated market, right? How do you know what to, what to choose among the vendors and, and solutions? So uh, step one of one, I call my friends, right? So any good InfoSec person has a network of other InfoSec people, right? We are not alone. Uh, so first thing I'll do is I'll reach out to my community. You know, uh, it, it all starts with understanding the problem I'm trying to solve, right? So first I have to have a clear understanding of the problem I'm actually trying to solve. Then I'll reach out to my community and I'll say, hey, I'm trying to solve this problem. Does anyone have any recommendations? Does anyone have anything I should stay away from? You know, any nightmare experiences you want to share? Uh, and, you know, I then take those recommendations and begin to do my own research. So I don't just make that purchasing decision based solely on the recommendation, but the recommendation helps me filter through to your point, that gauntlet of, of, you know, thousands of products that seem to do the same thing, but all say they're different. Once I've done that, uh, I start to do, you know, my Google research, right? Okay. So what can I find about this? Who, who are they doing business with today? Um, I go to Glassdoor. How do they treat their employees? Oh, wow. That's oh, yeah. This will tell me a lot about whether I want to do business with them or not. I'm also very okay. interested beyond the product. I'm interested in how the business does business. How do you treat your people? Because wow. how you treat your people is generally a direct reflection of how you're going to treat your customer. Because mm-hmm. if you can't treat your people good, you probably don't treat your customers very well either. So I'll right. look into things like Glassdoor. I'll do my homework. I'll look to see are there disgruntled people on Twitter talking trash about them. Once I kind of get through that and I've narrowed it down to, say, my top five, Then I actually schedule calls with folks. I reach out, hey, I want to learn more about your product. Uh, And I'm generally very upfront to say, do not waste time taking me through your sales slick. I already know all of this. I want to get in the meat and potatoes. So I want this call to have a technical person on it, not just a salesperson, because I want to ask tough questions. I now know enough about what it is you say you do that I'm prepared to ask the tough questions and find out how much of that's marketing fluff and how much of that is truth. Now, there's always going to be a little marketing fluff. There has to be. It's just the way it works. But, you know, the companies that are honest about their shortcomings 
actually stand a better chance of being selected in the end than the ones that try to pretend and, 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 you know, and, and you do this game long enough, you can tell when somebody's bullshit, especially when you get into the technical side of it, right? It's like, mm, that's not how that works. You know, we joke mm -hmm. all the time about a, a vendor that tried to sell us on invisible processes. How's it work? Well, it's invisible processes. Uh, okay. Well, next. Uh, so that I go through that and then, then only after that, if all things are equal, do I get to the dollar side of that equation? And then I, you know, and then the businessman kicks in and, you know, I'm going to make good investments with my money and time. I have bought products that cost less, but gave me more. And I bought products that gave me less and cost me more. And those decisions were generally based on how I interacted and how transparent they were and how well they treat their, their customers and their employees. Mm -hmm. That's I how I, that. I love that. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, that glass door comment, you know, you'd never think, and, and it's all about that, right? You know, like employee centricity ties to customer centricity mm -hmm. and empathy all around. So I love that. What in your opinion are, are some of the differences or anomalies in the market that we can learn from as marketers or take advantage of? Well, I think, so the challenge that marketers in this industry have is you've got to get buy-in at several levels, right? So, you know, you need, depending on how effective the target client is at consulting their leadership, you may actually need to provide support, right? So there's, there's, when we target C-level, it tends to be short and pithy and flashy and very colorful, right? As we know, C-level likes, right? Give me my three bullet points and my four primary colors. But when I'm talking to the tech person, they might actually be trying to solve a problem or they may be more politically aligned. So the, the challenge I think that marketing has is there's too much broad stroke marketing where it's like trying to hit everybody at once with a single message, where I think there's more nuanced messaging that's needed. The things that the, the, the doers care about the, and, and they have to buy into it too, right? Um, you know, most experiences that I've had, if the person that's going to use the tool doesn't want the tool, the tool generally doesn't get purchased, but the person using it may not have the purchasing authority. So you've got to get that double buy-in. And I, and I do believe those are different messages. The other biggest gap I see that marketers could benefit start hosting events where people learn things. If you really want to draw a good webinar, you want high attendance, you want a lot of leads, hold an event that's valuable, that they learn how to do something, mm -hmm. bring in other experts outside of your niche. Uh, I work with an organization today called Classlink. Classlink is a single sign-on provider, one of the largest uh, SSO providers to K-12. I do events with them all the time. Because I come in and teach risk. They don't do risk, but their clients need to know about risk. Right. And yes, as part of my teaching risk, one of the things I talk about are security controls and multi-factor happens to fall into one of those groups. But the session isn't around by Classlink and the session isn't around by Security Studio. It's about here's knowledge and actions and learnings and documents and things you can actually go and move the needle. Now, I taught you how to do it manually if you would like, it's much easier, faster, and cheaper if you leverage a tool like Security Studio or you leverage a tool like Classlink, right? It, it simplifies that for you. But the bulk of why you showed up today was to learn, and you got that. 
And I think marketing uh, is, it's a huge missed opportunity. I think, you know, folks like Chris Roberts, myself, uh, Evan Francine, um, you know, Graham Cooley. I mean, there's so many good people in this industry who have really good things to say and share that aren't given the latitude to do it the right way because they're so boxed into, okay, this is about selling our product and make sure a hundred times in your session, you refer to our product. And so they, you actually lose an opportunity to create a, a more impactful experience for the client. Yeah, I couldn't and agree more. I, I think vendors and not, not only in the security space, but across all verticals are starting to get it. Like the more pragmatic and practical you're going to go, the, the more su exponential success you're going to have in your company. And it ties back to that mission before money mindset. Like you cannot expect a transaction if you're not going to provide value first get to know your audience, have them trust you, meet them and then have them trust you. And so my hope is that through this podcast, right, um, marketers will feel more confident to approach you all and have the conversation, just get, you know, just get to know you first and, and, and collaborate with you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like it took me a minute and, and a few balls of sweat to, to, you know, stir up the, the confidence to ask Chris, Hey, Chris, do you want to be a part of the podcast for, for cyber six skill? And I mean, it's getting some pretty good feedback. And the, the whole point of that was to be super practical. Just take one takeaway from one episode and, mm -hmm. and, and apply it to your every day. We don't want anything else from you. We just want you, and we want you to come into the conversation. You have questions. Talk to us about it. Let's 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 work through it together. And I think the more I agree, I think the more vendors, tech vendors, security vendors will, will take that approach and even bring in the employees as well. I think the more successful it will be. And I can uh, give you one thing today that every marketer could do, every vendor could do today that would absolutely improve the way they're viewed by the community and would open the door for more business. And that's get rid of your content date. I know that it's there to collect the lead, uh, but if you guys are keeping up in another year or so, tracking of anything's going away anyhow. So it's time to make that early shift. It's a relationship game. You're not going to be able to track clicks. You're not going to be able to put cookies on things. This this is going away. The, the, the shift in privacy, we've already seen Google. They, they failed at their first attempt. We were hopeful they're uh, successful in their second. But get rid of the gate. If you get rid of the gate, they, they will come to you. I have had people reach out to Security Studio and said, hey, we downloaded your free policy template last year. And it took us a year to implement those policies, to maturate, to get to a point where this call made sense. And you were my first call because you didn't try to gate your content. Yeah, You solved my prop. You let me move forward. There yeah. are other ways to follow up with them as well, right? Um, and I'm not suggesting that you don't do any lead capture whatsoever, but if you gate your content, I promise when I'm searching Google, the minute I run into a content gate, two things are going to happen. If I think that you're the only one with the content and I need it, I'm going to give you a bullshit email. Doesn't mm -hmm. help. Yep. Right. Uh, or I'm going to move on. In what case will you give a real email? Uh, I will give a real email after I have had some kind of engagement and conversation. Generally, this is going to be at a conference or it's going to be on LinkedIn and it's never when they open with a pitch. Mm -hmm. It's always when they say, look, 
I've done some homework on you. I see what you're all about. And I would like to talk to you specifically about how can we better serve K-12? How could we, we love this mission before money idea. We want to learn more about it. Um, you know, we we're into this concept of, of a analog human living a digital life, right? That person is then going to get my email so that we could set up a call, right? That's how that's going to work. It's never going to be in a form. Yeah. Yeah. How do I know it's not a phishing form? How do I know your exactly. website? Has, I mean, I'm a security guy. I'm paranoid by, by birth, right? So how do I know, how do I know this is legit, right? <laughs> you, you want my PII? Why? Why do you want my email? But if, if they connect with me, if they take time to do their homework, then they know who they're dealing with. They've maybe watched a podcast episode or two. So they understand, hey, you know what? I like Legos. Ryan loves Legos. Hey, Ryan, did you see this crazy new Lego set? That's a conversation. That's a conversation starter. Now, for all you listening to this podcast, if I get 8 million freaking connects with Legos, <laughs> know that I know where it came from. Um, but it is, it's that personal thing. It's, it's, Hey, I want to talk to you about something other than just pitching you my product. And, and the really wise ones will reach out and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Can yeah. I, you got Chris, right? This is how this works. Hey, I think you have something I might want to know. Can we mm -hmm. talk about that? And through that, I'm going to ask, what do you do? Who are you with? I'm going to do my homework on you too. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and if there's a fit, it's going to naturally develop. And if there's not a fit, but I have friends, colleagues, or partners who I think you are a fit for, I'm going to do that intro because you didn't try to sell me because you didn't come in with that cold pitch because you just said, look, I'm a human. You're a human. We're both trying to eat. Can we chat? This is a, a nice segue because we, we talked a lot about do's and don'ts, but I, I really want to get specific. This is my favorite part. Um, the shitless quick fire. And I want to know the one worst thing you've experienced from a vendor. Um, telling me it was all my fault. And if I didn't like it, then too bad for me. So terrible oh. customer service, not, not working with me on the problem. Their, their product had a defect. I had discovered the defect. Uh, they basically said it was our shit implementation of their product. I challenge that if your product's that shitty to implement, that's still your problem. Uh, and oh they basically gosh. told me, like it, don't like it. Because at that time, I wasn't big enough. I, I wasn't a big enough customer. Mm -hmm. So they just treated me like shit and told me to deal with it. So what, what would be the better alternative approach from the vendor to you? Work with me to understand the problem. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. time to, to, you know, let's not blame you. Let's not blame me. Let's just work the problem. Yeah. That would have gone over a lot better. Let's flip it on its head. What's the one thing a vendor has done that made you feel really good? Like uh, I can't say the name of the vendor, but I can tell you the story. Totally uh, anonymous. But, yep. So the vendor called me up and said to me, we heard what you said about doing the right things for the right reason. And officially our company policy when it comes to serving underserved communities, uh, K-12 schools, et cetera, uh, is now we will do the right thing for the right reason, even if we don't make a profit. Wow. Yeah. That was about the coolest thing ever. And that particular vendor is doing very well because of that. And they're making lots of profits because of that. Because mm -hmm. it turns out if you do the right thing for the right reason, you will make a profit. Mm -hmm. Ella, this is such rich information. And, and look, I mean, what it took me um, not very long to connect with you on, and, and, start knowing you and meeting you. This is the first time we're meeting face-to-face, -face, but not the last time we'll meet face-to-face -face for sure. 
Um, and so what is, what is it, like the one takeaway you could give marketers or even, even sellers or just vendors in general for taking the first step to getting to know the buyer? Do your research. Do your research. Social Engineering 101. Yeah. Take time to learn. If they have a public profile, if they're a public persona, there should be plenty of content available. Uh, a technique that I found that works very well is, you know, see if there's any news stories about them and not just national news stories, not just InfoSec. Maybe they're the basketball coach of their kids' basketball team who just made it to the playoffs for the state championship. Open with that. Hey, yeah. I saw the Wildcats are doing great this year, right? Make it about them on a personal level yeah. and you've got a 90% better chance of getting through the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I, um, I tried to get to know a specific CISO through LinkedIn, through a personal approach. And, you know, for I think 95% of the time I'll get a response back. Uh, actually, no, 99% of the time I'll get a response back and 95% of the time I'll get a connection and start building some kind of relationship. And the, the, what, the people who tell me, oh, well, I don't, I would, you know, I'm not going to connect. It's through the, their model of KMT, no meat trust. And mm -hmm. I love that concept of no meat trust. And I think it, we, we should all be applying it, um, you know, across the board. Because um, that's going to give us quick, quicker, quicker wins down the line. That's the force multiplier, in my opinion. It's a game changer. It, um, it is. Yeah. It is because it's relationship. And relationship capital will always generate more financial capital. I'll give you yeah. one other one. Make So there, there are a few people that are very tough to get to. Okay? They're mm -hmm. just very tough. Everybody wants to get to them. Maybe they've got a really great position at a really mm -hmm. powerful company or something. Connect with their number twos. I've met more of the people that I couldn't get to on my own by being personally introduced through one of their personal connections that I had developed a relationship with. Yeah. So work those number twos. Uh, you know, it, it, the, 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 more, the more you're helping, and I, and I can't stress this mm -hmm. enough, if you help first and sell second, you can't help but win. Mm-hmm. This, this is what it's all about. And again, I'm, maybe it's... Um, you know, very uh, utopian thought or idealistic, but my hope is that, you know, this mindset and starting to, you know, shake up the marketing community will, will make a little bit of a difference. You know, um, I'm, I'm ashamed at times at the stories I hear and I'm reading what you all are writing and I wish more marketers would do that. And more, I wish more marketers would just like, you know, stir up the courage to pick up the phone. Well, and dial back the FUD, right? Yeah. Dial back the fear, right? It's, it's, we get it. We're sold. We're so oversold. Yeah. What, what people, people are not interested in new tools and, 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 you know, things, what they want are solutions mm -hmm. and relationships. And so if you can show them why working with you, why picking your organization is going to be a valuable relationship that is, is additive to their life additive to their goals. I'm telling you, that's the secret. No one wants more tools. No one wants more vendors, but what we do want are more quality relationships that will result in us being able to get more done every day. Yeah. I can, I can hear, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I can hear Evan saying, I don't want any friends from your, from one of yeah. your episodes. I don't want any friends. <laughs> Evan has so many friends. He's such a sweet yeah. man. 
Yeah. No, but no, we need allies. We need partners. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and, and I can assure you uh, on behalf of, of the security shit show, any vendor that starts doing it the right way, let us know, share your stuff with us, and we'll make it a point to talk about it. I, I ask this frequently, you know, for someone who wants to phase into cybersecurity marketing, mm -hmm. what's your recommendation for brushing up on, on learning about the space? So a couple ways to go about doing it. Um, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The, the real problem is still those foundations and those fundamentals. That's actually yeah. where the real problem in the industry lies. Unfortunately, marketing is so focused on AI and, and you know, uh, oh, automated response to what? To a laptop you don't know you own? Come on, you know, back to inventory. Uh, if you want to get a little more savvy with the nomenclature, with kind of, you know, what's, uh, I encourage you to look at things like Security Plus. Um, that's going to give you a good base understanding. Uh, if you want to learn more of the managerial theory kind of approach, uh, go check out the mentor class. It's on YouTube. It's all the last year's recordings are out there. Um, you know, listen to the shit show and you know, we talk about a lot of, a lot of stuff. You'll pick up nuggets there, mm -hmm. uh, about what is and isn't working and, and what we want to see. Um, but yeah, from a tech perspective, it would be security plus would, would not hurt you at all. Also, by the way, a marketing person with security plus just became a thousand times more valuable to a security company than any other marketing person on the team. Yeah. Cause that's a force to your point, force multiplier. Yep. Now you have, wait, you've got it. You've got a security plus you mean you actually have real chops and it's, and it's not as heavy weight as you would think. That's why I mm -hmm. point because it's, it's fairly lighter weight. Mm -hmm. But that combined with a marketing background gives you a competitive advantage that no one has. I, I love actually that. Think today there's any marketers that have a security plus. Oh, maybe we'll change some things up. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that and, and InfoSec Twitter. Yeah. InfoSec Twitter is your best friend. I learn about shit on InfoSec Twitter days before I hear about it anywhere else. <laughs> Great Redacted's a good one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Right. Watch him, follow him. Um, you know, see who's following Chris. Those are always yeah. good. Kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. It's the threads that, um, the comments that have the most insight, mm -hmm. you know, not, not the post itself. The comments mm -hmm. are just full of rich of insight. Okay. So where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Clotiersec, C-L-O-U-T-I-R-S-E-C. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Clotier. Uh, not the hockey player. Um, you can reach me at rclotier at securitystudio.com and you can find me on YouTube at the Security Should Show and Security Simplified Podcast. Awesome. Well, Ryan, this has been quite a pleasure. I appreciate the time you took to, to speak with me today. Well, thank you, Danny. This has been great. And I love that you're taking on this initiative. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Audience First. If you like what you've heard, feel free to follow or subscribe to Audience First on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast streamers.